0: The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone.
1: Geez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord?
0: Well then how should I put it then?
1: I don't know, how about we come in peace, we mean no harm, we may spoil some things.
0: We may swear a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised.
0: to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle.
1: One second. Need
0: coffee.
1: <laughs> uh, and I'm our co-host, Owen.
0: And today we are recording about...
1: The good old FNAF.
0: FNAF.
1: Five Nights at Freddy's series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, doing it a little early right now, so uh, I need my coffee.
0: Coffee. Yeah, so Owen's gonna be the big nerd. Because I've seen some FNAF playthroughs and stuff, but I'm not nearly into like the lore and stuff like you are. So really quick, we will give a shout out to our friend Black White Check for doing our intro and outro music.
1: Big preach on that.
0: Uh yeah, um, their info will be in the show
1: notes. Yep. All right. So uh, I have a quick question for you. Oh. How come whenever it seems like there's all this, like, you know, most topics or whatever, it's like, you've seen some things that I've been (laughs) into, but it's like the whole, you've only kind of dabbled a little bit into it, and I'm just like, how do you, how do you look at something as incredible as, like, FNAF or... Warhammer 40k, or, you know, many other things like Star Wars and stuff, and not just go head first right into that, kind of like the whole, give me everything my eyeballs can eat.
0: Because I'm a little nerdy. I,
1: yeah, but, I, I just, just how do you live your life with this only, like, eh, I'll just partake a little bit.
0: I mean, some things I'm like really into, but some things I'm a little nerdy. I'm a little nerdy about a lot of things.
1: Okay, name three things. And true crime does not count cuz we already know that one's <laughs> like a huge staple.
0: That I'm like really into? Yeah. Um John Grisham books. Okay. Stephen King books.
1: Yeah, and Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh some of our uh favorite creators on YouTube, like uh
0: Kelsey and Jack and Mark.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: And that's not even, like, scratching the surface.
1: Well, I'll be sure to get you to write down a list so this way we can have topics where you can be the big nerd and... Hey, you. I'm just saying, because there's a lot of times where we're at the creative part of this podcast and we're just like, all right, what are we going to do things on? And I'm just like, well, I guess we could do something on this. And it's like, yeah, you're the big nerd on that. And it's like, just kind of feels like I'm the scapegoat in ways. It's not that I'm complaining, I'm just saying is that...
0: No, it's just you have this memory that's, like, incredible for a whole bunch of stuff, and I...
1: That has served me no benefit in real life, but go on.
0: Um, and stuff where I, again, I know a little about a lot of things, but if I want to delve deeper into them, I typically have to research them, and as you know... And this... that,
1: that's what I meant by the whole, like, how come you're not, like, head first and, like, give me everything my eyeballs can eat.
0: I do, though.
1: <laughs> but I don't
0: have a memory like yours. Trust so me, yes. I hear about something, right? Like, um, okay, here's the perfect example. So, originally, I wanted to do an episode today on ghosts, right?
1: Fair enough. I mean, a good october spooktacular fest type thing
0: right and so first i was like and i started planning that you know i started planning that like three weeks ago yes that i was like ooh, we one of our episodes is going to be ghosts this gives me lots of time to like uh research things because i've heard you know like i've heard of ghost stories and i was like oh we should do in canada because we are located in canada and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I've heard of many hauntings in Canada. Right. But then when I went in and I started trying to research them, because I'm like, I can't just talk willy-nilly about them because some of those hauntings I've heard about were like 10, 15 years ago. I heard of them. So I remember the name of the place that was haunted, like the Beck House in Ontario. But I don't remember exactly what happened or I don't remember exactly what ghosts are involved, Right. Because I've watched so much shit on hauntings in my life, right? And read books on it and stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just do some research. And then I just, I don't know if I'm just shitty at research. It's very possible. (laughs) But I could not find what I was looking for in the research, right? And I was like, okay, well, we'll scrap that. And then maybe we'll do like cryptids. And I was like, oh, that would be cool. And then I was like, ah, they aren't really, like, spooky scary, though. They're more interesting. Like, ooh, that's cool. That's interesting. What if they did exist, right? And I'm like, no, I wanted something spooky.
1: Kind of like certain SCPs where it's like some of them are downright terrifying where some of them are just more of like a, wow, a vending machine that can literally make a a 12-ounce cup uh, or 8-ounce cup of whatever liquid you punch into it, be it, coffee all the way up to literally you could put a punch in a cup of joe and it will start extracting fluids and stuff from the guy named joe in your office yeah it's like oh that's super creepy but it's not like oh my god that's horrifying
0: right and stuff so then i was like okay well maybe then we could do 10 of like my quote-unquote favorite hauntings that i've heard about yep um from just around the world Mm -hmm. right So then I was finding lots of research on that stuff. But then it was, like, taking me three hours just to research one because of all the magnificent information I was finding. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh. Right? Because by then we were getting close to, like, record date. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to have time to, like, um, research all of this. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: And stuff. So I was like, okay, well, uh... Maybe that'll be a uh, next year <laughs> spoopy thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so then it unfortunately did kind of fall on you to be like... Um,
1: the big nerd on FNAF because of uh, <laughs> yeah. a certain actual uh, fan or of our listener of ours. I guess you can't really view podcasts. But anyways, uh, a certain fan of ours uh, said that, yeah, they actually liked what we touched on with FNAF and we should do a full episode on it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how we ended up on this topic today.
1: Fair enough. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about, like, you know, your um, research abilities or anything like that. Like, obviously, if there, it's either you will be few and far between on finding anything good, or you will find mountains of information. And yeah. It's like it's either you're scrounging around trying to just get tiny morsels, or you just have this mount like mount everest that's like well it's going to take forever to get over and record Hate's only a week away now
0: yeah and it's like it, it would be a little bit different and i mean this is obviously if we if i had the ability to buy whatever book i wanted to buy yeah to do research too and stuff right because i'm sure i could have bought a couple books on hauntings in canada and there you go right and stuff but uh done some research that way or whatever but literally at this point in the juncture anyway we are just relying on like the internet and the internet is a wonderful place but sometimes i don't know again if it's like my research ability but i just was not finding the shit i wanted to find so
1: well just one thing i want to say about trying to find uh research on haunted places here in canada Mm -hmm. that means oh good the cleanup team did their job I took care of the ghosts, they took care of the paperwork. <laughs> if you find anything on it, it's going to be very hush-hush. Nice.
0: Um, yeah, so anyway, that's why we ended up on this um, episode topic today.
1: Yeah, and it's not that I'm like, oh man, I got I to talk about FNAF and like the whole a bit of lore about it and, you know, some of the things that I thought were great and not great or whatever. It was like, no, no, it's just like, I thought we were, and then it was like we got into the conversation about it. And I thought it would be a nice little, uh, you know, behind the scenes look for the fans mm. in a way, and also a nice uh, little, hey, thank you for, you know, uh, giving us some feedback and letting us know that, hey, you'd want to hear about one of a very iconic indie developed games that has become something of a juggernaut, I think, in a way. Mm. I'm not sure if NAF ever plans to truly truly end but there's been a lot of like clones or copies of fnaf because it was such a huge iconic game when it first came out yeah which i think was around 2012 or something like that okay but anyways um okay so to start off i remember when i first heard of fnaf yeah uh and seeing the animatronic like uh Freddie and Foxy and Bonnie and whatever on uh these pen things and at E B right? games. Yeah. And Chica, yeah, on at E B games. It was their heads on like little pen things and it was like FNAF. And it was like, what in the world is FNAF? And of course that's where I YouTubed it and it was like, okay, FNAF gameplay and whatever, and that led me introduced me to Markiplier, which, you know, was pretty cool. Yeah. Then, uh, You know, found out that not only does Markiplier uh, play it and everything, but also our, one of another favorite YouTuber of ours, uh, Pat with Game Theory, Mm -hmm. has done lots of theories about the entire series. Yeah. And uh, actually, like some playing of the games, be it mobile, laptop, desktop, uh, whatever, VR and stuff like that. It's a pretty good game because it really gives you that sense of feeling helpless and you're cornered. Mm-hmm. And it was like, normally, like, the whole saying is, like, you don't corner a rat kind of thing, because then it'll bite the cat.
0: Oh, I've never heard that.
1: Oh, it's, uh, one of the, yeah, there's many martial arts sayings that I've heard over the years, it's like, a corner, or, like, maybe not martial arts, but, it was like, yeah, it's, sometimes it's good to be cornered, and sometimes it's bad to be cornered, because, mm-hmm. like, if you're cornered, that means you got nowhere to go, but if you're cornered, that means they can only approach you from a certain way, so it's kind of like... It all depends on how you view the, oh, I'm cornered kind of thing. Like, that's that. Uh, the other joke is the whole, like, you know, uh, someone's like, here, we're going to stick you in a room with this demon doll thing or whatever. You view it as, oh, God, I'm stuck in this room with this demon doll. Whereas me, I'm like, heh, this demon doll's stuck in this room with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's all, that's it's a matter of perspective. But of course, the Five Nights at Freddy's series was really interesting for starting off with essentially what kind of felt like. Chuck E. Cheese in a way, but it was mm-hmm. its own thing, and uh, yeah, the uh, it, it starts off with the whole phone guy calling you and you're kind of like, okay, I'm checking cameras, waiting for time to go by. So, you know, maybe a little spooky things happen, but nothing really too bad, and then it just gets worse and worse as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do want to say that uh, if anybody has the... Uh, there's a desire, excuse me, Ugh. I'm all weird right now this morning. Like I said, need coffee and everything. But Matt Pat actually, on his very first uh, Five Nights at Freddy's um, uh, game theory thing that he does, is he actually talks about what was the, I believe, if it wasn't the true like inspiration, but a very plausible inspiration to Scott Cawthon about making Five Nights at Freddy's was an actual... Uh, pizzeria type place that actually did have someone come in and they actually did you know shoot and kill uh employees and stuff and it was a truly horrible thing that i'm not going to make light of because this was a tragic waste of life
0: yeah it was a domino's pizza oh was it a domino's i believe it was a domino's pizza in the u.s and i think there was like three employees working <laughs> i'm going off a of memory here guys but um i believe it was actually hold on okay Sorry, I just wanted to look it up because it's, like, a real murder and I don't want to, like...
1: Yeah, you want to... I want to make sure
0: that the details that I'm giving are, like, correct and stuff. So I just looked it up real quick. And, yeah, there were three Domino's Pizza employees um, who were murdered during this uh, couple's cross-country murder spree in the 80s. Um... Yeah, it was in December of 1985, and they killed three Domino's pizza employees. Um, One of the killers had been a cook at the establishment. I'm not sure if he was at that establishment or at a different Domino's, and it worked his way up to um, a manager... But I guess he got fired or whatever, and so then he wanted revenge. and so him and his girlfriend went in and murdered yeah, uh, the Domino's employees, or they called an order what? they called and ordered for a pizza. Ah, and they attacked and killed the delivery driver. Then they headed to the Domino's Pizza and robbed the other employees at gunpoint and murdered them. So, yeah, that was probably what Pat was talking about anyway, because that's the one that hopped into my mind as soon as you said that.
1: Okay. Um, Sorry. No, 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 it's all good. I didn't
0: mean to take over, I just know that.
1: (laughs) It's all good, babe. Um, Anyways... um... But yeah, as likely as that probably was, the one that because uh, the one that fit the year, uh, that the game was based around, that when Matt Pat did his research on this, was actually er, it was there was actually four victims, and the fifth uh, victim that wasn't murdered, uh, they were uh, shot and bleeding out, but the person that was robbing the pizzeria you know, made out with the money and then the survivor was able to testify being like, no, no, this is the person who shot the four people.
0: I don't think I've heard of that crime then.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, this was not a big chain restaurant kind of thing, I'm pretty sure. And... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, there's... I got you know...
0: excited because I was like, cow! Well, I know some of the lore. <laughs> no, I don't.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say it's... This isn't really lore. This is actually more of just, like, the the tragic true life story of what kind yeah. of... Yeah. What potentially inspired this. Um, but, yeah, it was like, it's uh, really... I don't. what's the right words to say it's like you know it's something to bring to light how even with tragedy or whatever it can create like there's you know some people can look at something really horrible and still do something respectful but you know uh, deviated enough that it's not like a insult to the dead it's uh humble and in that regards yeah. it's something that Essentially, in a way, as long as people remember the tragedy of that, or that, every time they play the game, it's the people who died won't truly die kind of thing. It's like a memento to those people. Okay. Anyways, that's just how I kind of take it, was that the whole, like, the FNAF game is kind of like, these people lost their lives, but they won't be forgotten because of this game. Anyways, uh, that's just, maybe I'm just overthinking that. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, um... The really cool thing was, is that uh, just how there's always there. Scott Cawthon created uh, one of those games where it's like you get so fixated on watching the animatronics move, having split second reaction times to a lot of stuff. But if you actually want like look at detail by detail of like posters on the walls, newspaper clippings, uh, little tiny stuff in the background or whatever there's a, a bigger, deeper lore that's going on that not a lot of people consider. And then there was actually, like, so many people loved that game that, of course, like I said, they made a lot of fan base games, like they did, like, all Disneyland-type one or whatever, and, like, a Humpty Dumpty spin off or whatever. The uh, next, uh, what was it? The next, um, yeah, the sequel game, uh, FNAF 2 a lot of people were saying, oh, but there's more animatronics and there's new stuff or whatever. There's no doors now that you can close. Like, you're looking down a hallway with no door. How do you survive with the animatronics or whatever? Is it a sequel or is it a prequel? Well, it was pretty much determined through every conceivable way that that was actually a uh, prequel-type thing. In regards to most of the storyline, there are still the people who will say it's a sequel in the timeline but of course the thing gets a really convoluted and all these little details but for the majority and the bulk of it it's a prequel to the like timeline of the story but it's the second game
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh really quick though I did love the concept of Mangles the whole like oh kids can build these animatronic or whatever it's like it's all in pieces and they put it back together and put it take it apart and put it back together and there's something that I thought that was really sad, but also really fun or really uh, horrifyingly cool about that one, is that one. When did kids ever get an engineering degree? I was barely able to play with Legos or Connects as a kid, <laughs> yet alone starting to use hydraulics and um, tiny electric motors. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that that point aside uh and then of course every animatronic actually or i think most of them or if not all have a child's soul trapped inside of them pretty sure it's most and so it's like mangles there it's like you got to think like this thing has been torn apart and put back together by these kids and it's like it's got to be in constant excruciating pain and it is angry and it like climbs on the wall like it it's got, like, l- multiple legs and arms and everything. It's just because it's mangled. That's where its name, Mangles, comes from. And just how pissed this animatronic's got to be. Yeah. So, that's just... Wait, turned,
0: how would it feel pain?
1: Because the soul of the child inside <gasps> the animatronic. Gotcha. Being taken apart piece by piece and then put back together in inappropriate ways. It's like that's if I sad. took off your arm and then shoved it into... Like, you know, your backside leg or, you know, put it on your neck or, you know, like your lower back yeah. or whatever, or, you know, put it like on your knee or something. It's like, yeah. it would probably be painful the whole time it's there and you can't really fix it Yeah, because a... the other arm to fix it is behind your ear.
0: Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> so true. that's kind of one of those things. Um, yeah, that was uh, a really interesting, uh, character anyways that I kind of was like, Oh. They, just, they didn't go for just, like, you know, the first game where the animatronics or whatever. These new smooth-shelled uh, um, animatronics or whatever, like the plastic-covered, not the felt-covered ones. Yeah. It was like, damn, these are... Ugh,
0: Isn't pretty. that when... Sorry, is that when they also included Golden Freddy?
1: Uh, no, Golden Freddy was already in the first one. But, I mean, he was only a ghostly apparition saying, it's me, it's me.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, so that was quite the mindfuck for a lot of people. They were like, well, who's this Golden Freddy kind of thing? Like, there's four animatronics and now there's a Golden Freddy? Yeah. So there's a lot of things to take from that. Um, But then moving on to three, I think three was... Oh, yeah, no, 3 was uh, the whole, uh, it was kind of like a museum type thing or whatever, or like a historic, like someone was like, hey, let's rebuild this whole thing to look like the pizzeria that was, there where all these murders happened and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the theory is, is that that's essentially supposed to be like the end of the game type thing because you burn everything down, blah, blah, blah. Sorry for the spoilers on that. Uh, but number four, number four, I think was the most horrifying one and made no sense Because number four kind of takes place with like a dreamland type thing. Because they actually call it Nightmare Bonnie, Nightmare Chica, Nightmare Freddy. I don't think there was a Nightmare... Oh no, there was Nightmare Foxy in the closet. Because yeah, you're... Also, what bedroom in the world has two doors that lead to to, uh, two uh, two different hallways that both lead to the kitchen apparently?
0: I mean it could happen.
1: It could happen, but this this one really screamed it was a dream kind of thing or whatever. And I mean, you know, for lore's sake or whatever, it's not really like, "Oh, it was all a dream or whatever." Not the greatest. But for gameplay-wise, that one was so freaky because you had to like before you'd go up to the door and you listen for breathing. And then if you hear breathing, you slam the door closed. But if you don't, you pop the door open, shine your flashlight and try to, sk- like, the flashlight will ward off the nightmare animatronics from, like, starting to come down the hallway, they will back off. I was like, um, so yeah, there was a lot of times people got jump scared just by that one alone because they were thrown off just by a little bit and made the wrong call at the wrong second and boom. Mm-hmm. So, and then plus not to mention the gaping maws of these animatronics with hundreds of blood covered razor like needle teeth kind of thing which uh you know uh, actually funny enough it does remind me of uh yeah it kind of had a feel between what me and a high school friend of mine had this conversation about what is more horrifying and we were talking about Just not to get too far off with the whole the Tyranid versus the Necron. And I feel like the the Five Nights at Freddy's 4 did a good mixture between this. Because I was always saying that it would be way more horrifying to have a rapid advancing, ferocious, hungry, carnivorous beast. And thousands of them just pouring across the land that no matter how many you shoot, you're not going to stop them all. And he was saying, no, no, no. The instop- unstoppable, mechanical, rhythmic robot that just has no stop. And even when you shoot it, it just gets back up and keeps advancing like nothing happened. So it's unfeeling, uncaring, quiet, and only the footsteps and the sound of its gun firing. And it's like, yeah, they—it's that's this that was scarier than the bugs. Whereas, like, there's kind of a rapid, but also rhythmic, mechanical feel with these things... And then as soon as it came time for them to actually kill and eat you, it was like a rapid chewing of your face kind of thing. Yeah. So to me, that was kind of the whole like, hey, I actually like, I I can see how both are scary. I still say the bugs are scarier than those Necrons, but that's my personal opinion. But also that game did a perfect job of getting the whole... You like had, taking
0: the two and marrying them? Yeah,
1: like you have to be oh so quiet to hear the subtle differences and make sure, you know, it's like when the quietness of the robot gets close, whether to shut the door or shine the light, you know, that, too, that kind of thing. And if you didn't make the right call, you're you're getting your butt chewed on pretty hard
0: mm-hmm. by
1: quite a lot of savage looking teeth. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, sorry now uh, my crippling coffee addiction uh, has been slated okay where were we oh yeah we just finished off uh, five nights at freddy's four yeah um yeah so i think that's like essentially like yeah, those four games There' are pretty good start or like coverage of everything because there's a whole bunch more a lot of those are uh, co- the pc games and everything but they also made um the mobile one uh special delivery the vr one that you can play on any vr capable console uh, the Help Wanted. hmm But yeah. Um, I think that's enough of that. Now, here's a question for you. Okay. Uh, because I know... I don't think you've... Pl- you've only played the VR one a little bit. Yeah. Um, but out of every one you've seen played, mm-hmm. which one is your favorite, you think?
0: Um, I think it's a toss-up between the first... Like, the original Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. And... Five Nights of Freddy's 4. Oh, okay. Because, like you said, in the whole dream, nightmare, kind of whatever state, that did make it, like, super creepy. Yeah. And stuff. And then, um, just the original Five Nights of Freddy's, like, I have a little bit of a love for that, just because I, that's the first one I ever saw, and I was like, oh, that's super creepy, and whatever. Um, I will say The Help Wanted is super creepy, when you're playing it with the VR headset.
1: Yeah, because now it's not just a screen. Like, when you look around, it's right it's near. right
0: there and stuff. So, but yeah, I would definitely say of, I guess, like the f- four main ones or whatever that you were talking about, it would be a toss-up between Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, the original, and FNAF 4.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, a fair point, because, uh, yeah, like the dream one and everything, and that actually reminds me, What you were saying about the original is uh, this old quote from a Magic the Gathering card was, no matter how imperfect, the first one will always be viewed as a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like as much as like they tweaked the game, they have changed it or whatever. It's that love of the original, like the first one that introduced you to it.
0: Yeah. And I find I have that like a lot.
1: Yeah. Also, sorry, just a quick little side note. Um, I was a little off on when that Five Nights at Freddy's 1 game came out. It was 2014. Ah. So, uh, you know, it was a few years early when I thought 2012.
0: Yeah, no big deal,
1: though. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, I mean, seven years, that's a long time for a game to be around, and, I mean, still relevant to today. Yeah, well, almost eight, right? Yeah, coming up on eight soon. But, uh, you know, anyways, it's just one of those games where it was like, wow, like, um... Because I can only think of a handful of games that have uh, been around for seven plus years mm-hmm. that people still love and play to this day. Yeah. Um, okay, so now that was the game-wise. What about characters? Because there is a whole schwack load of characters, and clearly we don't know all of them off the top of our heads. But who is your favorite character?
0: Um, The crying... What was it? The crying... The
1: marionette?
0: Yeah.
1: Mmm. Yeah, that one there can be really freaky.
0: Yeah, it's super creepy. I've always had an issue. (laughs) I'm a weirdo. I've always kind of had an issue with, like, marionette dolls. I kind of think they're already kind of creepy.
1: Yeah, and especially with this one being crying, but also, like, uh, spring-like jumping at you and attacking.
0: Yeah, and stuff, right? So... I don't know, that one always kind of super creeped me out and stuff, um, and whatnot. What about you?
1: Uh, well, I'm a little bit of a toss-up between, um, like I said, Mangles. Like, I think that character, it's like one of those ones where it's like the anger or pain that it's feeling because of its tormented state, to me, was like, oh... This one's cool kind of thing. That one there, or that one there is like a pretty iconic character to me. Yeah. But also I really like uh, Foxy.
0: Ooh, Foxy's cool.
1: Yeah, because like to me the whole, oh sure, the other animatronics, they'll walk down the hallway or whatever, but Foxy was the one that was like hell-bent to like sprint down that hallway. And if you didn't shut that door, it got you. But also when you shut the door, it was a loud like boom thud against the door because it was like i'm not stopping even if the door's closed
0: oh yeah kind of
1: thing and it was like oh jeez, it's like the whole idea of like a sh- uh like in a lot of um shark movies where it's like you know they managed to seal off the bulkhead but they still hear the shark just bam hit the bulkhead and it's like you know that shark got hurt But that shark was determined to chomp on your ass. Yeah. And so that was, you know, to me that right there was like the whole, oh, um, shit. Yeah. (laughs) This ain't good. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyways, uh, with that all said and done, that was kind of the, yeah, the big point there. So now... I was a little unaware of this uh, when I went to go and get my coffee refill and everything. You said that there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out?
0: Yeah, there's been rumors for a while of them making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, okay. Which I think would be super cool if they do it the right way. Um, We saw a movie, it wasn't Five Nights at Freddy's, but it was like animatronics killing people.
1: Oh yeah, the banana splits.
0: Yeah, on Netflix, and I thought, oh, that was that was pretty. I mean, it was a little cheesy, but it was pretty good. You know, for what it was and stuff. And I was like, oh man, yeah. See if they did something like similar, kind of followed the games, of it being like your first night at a job or whatever and stuff, right? I think that would be cool, right?
1: Yeah, they it definitely veered off enough to like definitely not feel like it. Kind of felt like a. Five Nights at Freddy's meets, like, a Chuck E. Cheese with how the animatronics were. Like, they weren't...
0: Yeah, meets, like, Teletubbies or something. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, it was a very kiddish show, so... And the part where it was, like, um, meets um, uh, Chuck E. Cheese and everything is because not only were, like, the animatronics were on a kid's show, but they weren't uh, bulky, solid built, uh, even though, like, in the first Five Nights at Freddy's... You can tell, like, the texturing was, like, to be, like, felt on the chassis of these animatronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all, like, perfectly shaped. In, yeah. Kind of thing, whereas, like, the animatronics in Banana Splits or, like, when you go, to, as a kid, I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese, and, like, where the animatronics' arms would, like, lift up and down and spin kind of a little bit in place or whatever and eyes would open and close. It was kind of like there was that loose fabric kind of thing, like just to cover everything, not mm-hmm. to, like to give it a realistic look, but <clears throat> not to the level of what Five Nights at Freddy's was.
0: Mm. I've never been to Chuck E. Cheese.
1: Uh, you know, really fun place as a kid. Um, I didn't know this actually until about a few months ago, but apparently they have a, what's considered a Class C liquor license. So it's like, yeah, kids can go there and play the arcade games and get tokens and win prizes and everything like that. But adults are allowed to also enjoy an adult beverage or a wobbly pop, as some people would call it. They do have a limit there from what my buddy was telling me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was like, really? I never once ever recall seeing an adult drink there or whatever. But it was like, yeah, apparently they do. Hmm. I just remember the pizza and the arcade games and, you know, trying to get all, or getting... Bags full of those gummy bears. Those mm-hmm. gummy bears were awesome. Nice. So, of course, you know, FNAF was being a pizzeria with the killer animatronics, and I was like, ooh, this brings back memories. <laughs> Not memories of anyone getting murdered or anything, mind you, but, you know.
0: Yeah, and for me, I was like, ah, uh, I've never been to Chuck E. Cheese. I'm kind of glad I didn't go as a kid, because who knows what would happen. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't sue us, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs>
1: Also, not to mention, uh, yeah, Pad actually did a little uh, game, theory, or, uh, well, yeah, the game theory about the bite that happens in one of the games where it talks about pressure, forces, hydraulics, uh, you know, and everything. Like, if you were to put a kid's head into, like, essentially what the size of the animatronic's uh, mouth would be and with the surface area of them and how much force would have to be applied. Mm-hmm. Could the animatronic actually bite and crack a kid's skull? Actually, yes. However, this would have to be purpose-built. This is not like the yeah. grade of hydraulics and everything that would be needed w- are not commonly used, especially not if you're just trying to get the mouth to open and close to make it look like the animatronic's singing. Mm-hmm. You need to actually like use in, like heavy-duty grade stuff to m- make this thing like able to bite and hurt somebody.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I don't imagine them using that kind of stuff for just a normal animatronic or whatever, right?
1: Oh yeah, like the uh, Chuck E. Cheese and the band that was playing up on stage for birthdays and stuff that I remember seeing. Um, the mouths moved, but it was more of like gears or whatever uh, making the mouth like flap up and down really quick mm-hmm. to be more suited to the. High speed talking mm-hmm. than actually uh, having that, like I said, that bite force needed to hurt a kid's, like, crack a kid's skull.
0: Well, I mean, that's good to know. I guess every parent can rest easy knowing that if their child is around an animatronic, it's probably not going to bite its head and crack its skull. So.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, if anything, it'll definitely traumatize the kid, but it won't, like, severely injure them. Mm hmm. So, you know, there's that whole point there. Um, Okay. So, I am now, just on a personal note, I am literally just a few steps away from completing my own personal built computer and everything. And from what I was seeing online with my phone for games coming out, the Five Nights at Freddy's um, newest game that they're coming out with... Mm -hmm it uh i think it says it's it came out in two, uh, 2021 so it's i think it's already out mm-hmm. but uh jeez oh, i can't remember what it's called something about uh, furry's rage or fury's rage um oh yeah yeah it's uh 5 nights of freddy's security breach fury's rage mm-hmm. and it looks like it steps away from the idea of like you being in a s- set spot Throughout the whole game, like, you actually adventure and puzzle solve and whatever kind of thing. Like, mm. you are kind of, like, at a mall-type security job, and the animatronics walk around and stuff, and you got to avoid them. So, you know, it looks like it'll be a pretty interesting game, and that's one of those ones where it's like... would Do you think you'd want to play that game when I get that computer up and running? Sure. Because, yeah, it's, uh... I mean, obviously there's a lot of things i want to play online and there's a lot of things that uh it's like hey you know i'm kind of thinking if i'm going to be playing these games anyways Mm -hmm. maybe just record what i do maybe cut out a few of the boring you know spots or whatever that aren't necessary and then make uh whatchamacallit uh YouTube videos that people might like. I mean, hey, if I'm already doing this just for my own personal entertainment, Mm -hmm. maybe somebody will find me entertaining, like Mark and Jack on uh, videos or whatever, Mm because watching their commentary, it's like the whole, you know, listening to a podcast is nice for when you're off doing things or whatever, but actually having a chance to enjoy that gameplay and the hilarious banter between... The game player and the game and everything. Mm-hmm. just Just adds some... Like, it's a certain level of enjoyment.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we spend most of... We don't even have cable anymore. Like, we just literally spend our time watching...
1: YouTube or Netflix, Disney Plus.
0: Or Prime, right? Yeah, exactly. And stuff. So, I mean, like... Yeah. And I watch a lot of YouTube. I have a lot of YouTubers that I really like.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know. So, yeah. I think people would probably... I mean, I'd watch your stuff. <laughs> I find you funny.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. And, you know, it's, it was one of those things where it was like, hey, I'm already doing this just for fun. It's like, if you know, mm-hmm. somebody enjoys my witty banter and everything. Maybe I can do something with it or whatever. Because, I mean, we don't really do a lot of editing with this. But I think that's because it's all done on your phone.
0: Yes. Yeah, because uh,
1: yeah, we used, I'm not sure if many people know, but... Uh, <clears throat> for brains here, thought, hey, I can use the Anchor one, and it's a little difficult to edit and everything.
0: Yeah, it's just, if you're not somebody who knows how to do that kind of stuff already, Mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to try and figure out. So rather than try and edit, um, I just don't.
1: (laughs) So, you know, hopefully people can enjoy the uh, wonderfully unedited beauty of what we do kind of thing uh in this podcast and you guys enjoy it because you know we just do this for the fun of it and it's like hey if people like it awesome if they don't well maybe that episode wasn't for them and we try to create a variety of things that people can enjoy and maybe you know discover something new that they might like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay um so yeah we talked about favorite characters favorite games uh the new games coming out The potential rumors of a movie coming out, which I'd be excited to see. I would love to see a movie come out. Oh, and I just want to touch on the books. Um, I got to say, Scott Cawthon and hold on a second, and Kira Breed Wisely. Yeah. um, They wrote um, the book, our first Five Nights at Freddy's book, Silver Eyes. And I got to say, they did a really good job of kind of throwing in like a background lore to the start of what would essentially be the whole Five Nights at Freddy's universe. Really good read. Strongly recommend it to anybody uh, that likes um, that liked the game and wants more of it Mm -hmm. or anybody who's just you know into horror novels especially this time of year and you know uh, maybe even just um, you know, that video gaming kid or nephew or niece or whatever that you have that, you know, you're like, hey, try reading a little more of the, uh, of the, uh, you know, that, the game you really liked. Well, here's a good book from it kind of thing. Like I, it was a good read beginning to end Mm -hmm. and I think everyone would enjoy. Nice. Personally, I cannot wait to see what Christmas gets. I'm hoping I get book two from her. (laughs) So, cause yeah. Yeah. Depends
0: on whether or not you've been a good kid or a bad kid.
1: Well, damn. Well, if we're basing it off of that, I better go buy it myself, because I know I've been a bad boy this year. (laughs)
0: Yeah, No, you've been
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on who you ask, I think. Yay. All right. Um, Okay, so that, I think, pretty much sums up uh, a lot of the stuff about Five Nights at Freddy's without getting super deep and heavy into the technical stuff of, like, all the lore and everything because i mean there's been a lot of people that i mean especially if you follow map like fnaf is kind of his bread and butter at this point
0: yeah <laughs> well and i was just gonna say we we recommend if you like fnaf and you want to learn more about like the lore and the possible theories behind stuff to check out game theories uh episodes on it
1: yeah because they do a lot of research into it and yeah. they put a lot of effort into like their script, uh, the research, the script, the video editing, and they don't really jump to super conclusions. They just they they go to well, what's the evidence we have? The certain wording and everything we were able to debunk with a lot of stuff. This is what is most likely, but it's just the theory kind of thing. Because Scott Cawthon could change something in the next game and make the point that Matt Pat is thought was like the answer and solution even though he has sometimes said that this is what's happening in fnaf and this is the real horror and secrets and blah 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 like everything and then having been proven wrong on a few times where he was so certain Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: how things would be the answer yeah so anyways um
0: so we definitely recommend checking that out we also recommend checking out recently very recently within the last week jacksepticeye has started a new game play uh house of
1: ashes yeah and that's done by what is it dark pictures or it's the dark pictures anthology
0: yeah i think it's part of the dark pictures anthology so they had they were the same guys the the people who created this game were the same ones that created until dawn
1: yeah and then i think until dawn was its own standalone thing But, uh, so what it was is uh, Man of Medan, Little Hope, and now House of Ashes is their trilogy. And I mean, personally, some of, like, the Man of Medan and Little Hope really didn't have a strong finish for how well everything went, but I did like them.
0: Yeah, they were okay.
1: But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, everyone's going to be a critic and, you know, have certain points. Personally... I think the level of detail that went into the games, I mean, you know, was really well done, good plot and everything, maybe a little weak on the finish, but good games overall. I would definitely look forward to playing those, be it on console, computer, doesn't matter, they look fun, and, you know, they... There's so many different choices, like, every action has an equal and opposite reaction in that game. Mm-hmm. And it's that's like on... the
0: butterfly effect, right?
1: Exactly. And that's one thing where I absolutely love, where it's like, in some games, and it's like, oh, does it doesn't matter if you choose A or B or C. Yeah, it, It's going to work out to be the same. Whereas in that game, every little choice you make affects how the game ends.
0: Yeah, and we haven't finished the House of Ashes game, but so far it's a, it's reminding me more of Until Dawn than any of the other games did, just in the sense of, like, what's happening within the game.
1: Yeah, I think they went a little bit back to the grassroots without going, like, super hard right back to it.
0: Yeah, and stuff. So, highly recommend it. So far, it's been really good. Um, We've really been enjoying it and stuff. Um, Is there any other horror game, even just playthroughs that you can think of that people should check out?
1: Um... Not off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. but I do want to tell you a quick little story about how um, humanity can be the bigger monster. Um, So I've been doing a lot of reading into uh, a lot of other army factions in 40K and everything. The group called the Grey Knights, which are the demon killer, demon hunters and demon killers. They fought in this one world, and this one demon killed, like, I think it said, according to their thing, like, 300, almost, of their Grey Knights, and what they did is they slayed this demon, but not completely. They trapped its soul inside the skull that it was using to stay in the materium, and they have it mounted on their wall with the soul trapped inside, and every time... And for, for every minute of every day, they have to have like somewhat like 24 to 30 of these priests or whatever constantly praying and chanting or whatever to keep the thing contained within the skull. But they're doing that constantly to kind of be the big middle finger to this big demon monster thing. And every time that they come back from their journeys of killing demons, they have feasts and, you know, big celebrations or whatever to mock that demon. And to be like, not only did we kill you, we stopped another demon incursion and everything, and we're celebrating it and everything right in front of your face.
0: Nice, that's pretty petty.
1: Yeah, it's petty, and it's also the most metal thing I can ever think of. It's like, we literally have the biggest, scariest demon that's ever been around that cost us 300 of our brother's lives, and we're putting its head on the wall, and it's watching us celebrate every time we kick its brother's asses. Nice. I mean, you can't get any more metal than that.
0: I just thought of something, sorry. What's that? When we were talking about Jack Jacksepticeye's playthrough of House of Ashes. Mm-hmm. There's actually something in that that actually links back
1: to our Exorcist episodes from the first season. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. If you want to dig into that a little.
0: Well, I mean, it's not really anything...
1: I'm just coming up with an excuse so I can go get coffee.
0: <laughs> it's not really anything, like, great, but there was that... It's basically the same demon from The Exorcist, which was... Pazuzu! Yeah, Pazuzu, if you didn't hear him yelling that from the background while he went to get his coffee. Um, and stuff. So I also thought that was kind of like a neat tie-in. Right? Because as soon as they said the name, I was like, oh, shit. Stuff is about to get real because Pazuzu was one nasty son of a bitch... And sorry if you can hear water running in the background. Uh, I'm not sure if he's making himself another pot or what he's doing over there. But, yeah, so anyway, uh, that's another reason why we would say check it out, just because if you're a fan of, like, the Exorcist movies and stuff, I mean, this isn't, like, like the Exorcist, but it has the same demon in it, so, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, uh, like I said, I just needed uh, her to, uh, you know, De- delve into it a little bit or, uh, and everything just so I could, uh, take care of my crippling, uh, coffee addiction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, it was a nice little touch and everything. Now I did have a special idea for the end of this episode. Okay. Kind of, uh, in spirit with everyone, uh, for the last month or so has been really big into that, uh, Netflix series called Squid Game.
0: Yeah, you even wanted to do an episode about it just because you thought it was spoopy, scary, creepy.
1: Oh, I definitely thought it was twisted, and there were parts where I was like, oh... Yeah. Like, humanity is the biggest monster type thing. Uh, But yeah, there was a game in there called, uh, well, I think it was called Marbles or Odd or Even kind of thing. But I'm sure anyone who knows about it, they know that I'm talking about the one where it's, you have the marbles, uh, you have ten marbles. Each person, like, one person starts and they go, okay, you have odd. And then, or, you know, reveals if you have odd, you know, you lose however many the person wagered. Person to lose all ten of their marbles gets shot in the head. Except for, obviously,
0: we aren't going to shoot
1: people in the head because that's not what we're about. We're we're, we're not? No. Why did I get this gun then? You're funny. (laughs) Anywho, no, I just thought it'd be fun to play that game and everything, and thought, hey, you know, uh, maybe just uh, have a little banter about it and everything. Uh, So that's eight, nine, ten. Okay, ten marbles for you.
0: See, this is where this is not fair. Why? Because I have small hands.
1: That doesn't mean anything. You can literally have as many, or as few, or as many as you want. And, you know...
0: I know, but I have to hold my hand that has like my extra marbles um, in it because like against me, so you can't try and count how many are in my other hand.
1: Okay, well, here's the thing. The hand that has all the marbles in it, I'll, uh, you know what, and I'll put however many in my one hand, and you pick um, if I went odd or even type thing. Okay. And then the hand that has all your extra marbles in it, you can put behind your back or behind your side or whatever. I can't. I just have to hold it against my stomach. Otherwise, the marbles are going to start falling out of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, here we go. All right.
0: Um. Do gonna... you have
1: any? In, do you have any in your hand there? Yes. Okay. That's what you're wagering. I guess so. Okay. okay. Even. I have three. Uh, I wagered three. Thank you for your marbles all right, all right let's see uh okay you got your hands ready okay now it could be odd or it could be even but then again it could be what'd you just go already <laughs> <laughs> little uh throw to the movie I'm gonna go with even. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Even. Damn, I got four. Oh, you only get one, though.
0: No, I get all four. Why do you get all four? Because that's how I want it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll take the one.
1: You can't win it if you don't bet it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. I'm looking away so she knows I'm not cheating or whatever. I got
0: it. I got it.
1: Okay. I'm gonna go odd. Yeah! Three again. Hmm. Really, it is just a fifty fifty thing. And yeah, I feel I like that uh Ali uh when he was playing against oh, San
0: I don't even How are you winning all it. the time? Fucking San I don't wanna talk about it. I loved Ali.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Oh, I guess, don't I?
1: Yep. Odd. Damn, I got five. How many do you have? One. <laughs> You know, slow and steady wins the race, right? Well, I'm just running out of marbles here, so I got to
0: strategically try and plan it.
1: <laughs> well, it could be odd or it could Oh be... my gosh, just go. <laughs> I'm going to go odd. Yay, I got one. <laughs> all right, this one's for all the marbles. No. That would be too easy for you to guess because you know there's 20, and however many you don't have is whatever number it is. Exactly. <laughs> That's just funny to say. hmm. Okay. And uh, I believe it is your guess? Yeah. Okay. Odd. Four. Nice. Thank you for your charity. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> odd you won and boom
0: nah i'm too cool <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm not that cool but <laughs> anyway no that was fun though
1: yes thank you for playing that game with me and uh yeah you know uh whoever bet on team oddball to win uh me owen then congratulations, you won a cookie. It'll be sent to you in the mail within the next uh, three to four months. Yeah, no. Uh, don't expect it to come in one piece, though. M- mailing is a little bit uh, un- uh, <laughs> rough, I guess, is a nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. And anybody who bet on Mesh or Michelle to win, um, you will get a nice little post-it with a curse word sent uh, on it. Uh, it'll be sent via Dove. Uh, just try to... Uh, Reach up or uh, watch the doves fly overhead, and if you see a post-it note on there, just know that that post-it note's for you.
0: And I don't know how long that'll take, because I have to train the doves first.
1: Well, I was just thinking, you know, first we have to catch a dove, and then, you know, put it. And then train his. it. Well, not even train it, just send it flying off in the distance, and eh, it'll fi- find the person eventually.
0: <laughs> eventually. Eventually.
1: So. Uh, anyways, yes, no, was just the. Uh, uh bs makeshift uh type prizes or whatever Mm -hmm. i guess we kind of forgot to mention that at the beginning all right so yeah that was uh that was a pretty fun episode yeah had a lot of insight and uh, a lot of fun talk we didn't really talk too much about five nights at freddy's but again i think anything deeper than what we went was kind of a most people probably already played it or have
0: yeah if anything already probably know a lot but we just wanted to touch on it because it is one of your favorite
1: games Yes, definitely a game that I want to, uh, I can't wait for that, to try that, um, security breach Mm -hmm. and also just to like, just the fun of playing it, even though like on the VR or the special delivery with the mobile and everything, you know, it's, it's all fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for joining us and just remember no matter what your thing is or what you're into
0: at the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy.